life, maintaining and waiting on two irritable, shiftless, nagging parents. The usual fate of the daughter who did not marry. Because I was plain and shy and frightened of my mother, I knew I could be bullied into being a nobody and nothing. Some women with gentle parents found their care a labour of love, not me. I knew I would be crushed as flat as a shadow. I had already had a spell as a housekeeper, from the age of eleven until I was fifteen. It had been a nightmare, looking after six young children and two quarrelling parents. Mother had, before father's bankruptcy, never had to care entirely for her children. We had had servants. In fact, I hardly knew her until we were plunged into a slum together. She had escaped from her unruly brood by working as a demonstrator in the department stores. In a frantic effort to escape myself, I had, at the age of fourteen, raged and threatened as only a fourteen-year-old can, until I got permission to attend evening school, to repair in some part my lack of education. At fifteen, with the unexpected help of Miss Ferguson, a deaconess at the local church, I had fought another battle to take the job I had present held. Housekeeping was divided between a very angry mother and me. I called Miss Ferguson my fairy godmother, and it was of this devout, cultivated lady that I was thinking as I kicked a stone up Copperas Hill on the way to evening school. The street was quiet in the fading spring light, the misty air balmy, and I was shivering with pure fright. Miss Ferguson had laid on my shoulders a fear worse than that of death, the fear of hell, Dante's hell. How could she do such a thing? I wondered miserably, with a superstitious shudder. She was my fairy godmother. She had first visited the family in order to recruit my two middle brothers, Brian and Tony, into the church choir. She knew them because all the children attended the church school. She had seen my situation as an unpaid maid of all work, and, perhaps to give me an hour or two of rest, she had pressured mother into allowing me to go to church on Sunday evenings. At first I had no suitable clothes to go in, but once I could look at least neat, I thankfully attended. We were Protestants, an important point in a city where the division between Protestants and Catholics was bitter and sometimes bloody. Children were aware from the time they could speak which side of the fence they stood on, and the implanted bigotry is to this day not entirely rooted out. No amount of church-going could erase the vaguely erotic dreams which haunted me occasionally, or a terrible sense of empty loneliness. Ignorant, innocent, half-starved, practically friendless, my flowering body was trying to tell me of needs of which I had little notion. Almost all the myriad of novels I read ended with the hero kissing the heroine for the first time. I had never considered what happened next. I felt a kiss would be the ultimate height of happiness. But it was church-going which was causing my present unhappiness. As I turned into the big gloomy evening school, which I loved so much, I was trembling with fear. Unable to concentrate on the shorthand teacher's rapid dictation, my mind was filled with scattered pictures of what had happened the previous Sunday. Unaware of impending trouble, I had crept out of the back pew in which I normally hid my shabbiness, and battled my way up Prince's Avenue through a brisk northwesterly, carrying with it a spray of rain.
I was going home to a mother almost unhinged by her fall from considerable affluence, and to a fretful, delicate father, an underpaid, overworked city clerk. Liverpool was awash with the unemployed and the underpaid, and this governed all our lives. To a plain girl hurrying through the dusk, life seemed very hard. There was little physical strength in me, I was frail and always hungry, and I hugged my worn brown coat tightly round me for comfort. Thankfully, I pulled the string hanging from the letterbox of our row house. The latch lifted, and I was glad to step inside, away from the wind. Miss Ferguson, fairy godmother and deaconess of the church, was seated in our old easy chair by the fire in our living room, undisturbed, it seemed, by the fetid atmosphere and the dirty chaos surrounding her. She must have been quicker than me in leaving the service and making her way over to our house, because she was already deep in conversation with Mother.